the study of theology is the study of the word or the idea or the concept or the logic of God himself. Took me four years to read the Bible. I reckon I understand a great deal of it. Wasn't what I expected in some places. So I'm sad that we're not on the same page eschatologically. I wish Sam Storms and I were on the same page. Sam. So you believe in these kind of things? Let's just say I want to believe. Well, I know where he was converted. He was converted on the toilet. That, I, I like that one. We're you gonna would. To, you could say he was saying I was in the dumps, whatever. Just, well, which stall what? was he in? First John, second John, no, 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 third no, no, John. Wait, wait, wait. Let's let be careful here. He had bowel problems. He struggled with constipation. The argument among certain psychologists, he finally experienced relief with constipation. And in that moment of relief and deliverance, he suddenly... I wasn't getting that graphic. <laughs> he suddenly, you know, had this breakthrough discovery. And all of his fetid guilt, he released. Welcome to Theology Unplugged. It is uh, great to have you guys back with us once again. Uh, we're continuing our discussion on the resurrection will really elevate our conversations in the resurrection maybe that's that's what it should be named i don't know i mean it's just something that i actually i came up with uh before last show just on the way here i was like thinking about this trying to figure out elevator conversations about how to how to determine your faith it, it's th this idea of trying to give people something but because because I, I teach on this a, a lot, the historicity of the resurrection, and there's so much to it, and it's so exciting. The entire class is, is just, it's life-changing because you go through it, and you have a solid foundation, an evidential foundation. You know how to think through these issues, and you've considered all the alternatives. You, you've gone through so much, but I don't know how to hand this over quickly, and maybe it's something you just shouldn't think of handing over quickly. Maybe we're, we're too into the evangelism rather than the discipleship at this point. But at the same time, it, it's, it is something that I would like to have a few um, gut punches to where I can help people through their doubts, maybe answer, quickly answer skeptics' questions or, or get the skeptic to start thinking, and um, I feel like I've done a good job. I mean, at this point, sometimes it feels like, okay, let's go with anything else besides the historicity of the resurrection, because I don't have time that it's going to take for me to um, uh, acquaint you to everything that you need to be acquainted to. And it's really not the same question as, do you believe Christian? Why do you believe Christianity is true? I mean, as we talked about last time, there's all kinds of things that we can yeah. pull because in. You know Christ first and foremost. Yeah, I, I, that is my answer. Yeah because I know him yeah, and what that entails and, and I mean, there's a lot you, you pull in, you pull in other, you pull in stuff that's happened in your life, you know, uh, stuff that well, happens in other people's lives. But when it all comes down to Christian, I believe that, I mean, Christianity is the person and work of Christ. It's, that's the, the, the cornerstone of Christianity, right? Mm. So it's encountering that person. And knowing him. Now and she, now she of, sounds like a fetus, doesn't she? No, no, no. No, because you have to unpack that. What does that mean to know him? And what does that entail? And how do you? And then it gets into, well, how do you know him? And how do you know this? And, and that's and where, that. where it comes down to normally uh, in these kind of conversations. 
uh, what what's your what's your main reason why you believe Christianity is true? And mine would always come down to the resurrection because because I really do think the resurrection happened. Yeah. I, I think it, I really think it was historical, and I think I think as we talked about last time that that is what the apostles would have said. You know, I mean they're much closer and they saw it, and then somebody that had talked to the apostles. I mean it's well, it's all, pref- all different that's deal. Typically, how they were prefacing their. Um, like their gospel presentations. Yeah. Even Paul talks about that being of first importance, you know, that mm, he was, mm, you know, yeah. the crucifixion and resurrection. Yeah. And yeah. and Paul emphasizes how if it didn't happen, yeah. then... Wh- well, in the end, in the, end, the person he's telling, uh, they have to decide the whether they trust yeah. Paul or not, you know, and it's not the type, same yeah. type of thing that we can do that quickly because we don't, we don't see him, we don't know Paul, we don't know his reputation in, in the same way uh, from knowing him, from being in close proximity. But we're in distant proximity to the apostles, and we're trying to say, how can you get to know them mm-hmm. and trust them? It's kind of like, let me introduce you to the apostles because they're who we got this testimony from. I didn't get it from Jesus myself. You know, he didn't come down and tell me or anything like that. You weren't as one untimely born. Yeah, that's right. Like, just like Paul, I didn't have a Damascus Road experience. And, and I'm sure most people haven't either as well. You know, maybe well, they'll have the some people that stories. Jesus was telling Thomas about? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's who yeah. we are. Yeah. We're those people. Right. Thomas had the... You know the luxury of, of being there. He did. And, yeah. So. He and did. I think it matters who who. It always is going to matter who are we dealing with. What are the motives? Because the the need to have to explain yourself further or make a kind of defense or respond to objections, it's going to come from different places. I mean, you you can have anyone from, uh, for example, um, a Muslim. Will will ha- will not believe in the resurrection, but that's because they won't. They don't believe in the crucifixion. Yeah, but but they do well, believe in God. These people are sincere see, seekers or sincere. Well, right. Real quick though, just to say this, because I was talking about a quote that I wanted to share, and that ties into what he's saying. Because you need to be mindful of this too when you're interacting, as a you know, a, you know, pearls before swine situation or. You know, are you being wise and even engaging? You have to. Well, it's only an elevator conversation. I know an elevator conversation. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, but what I'm getting at is that you can kind of perceive maybe three or four floors up. Believer long enough. uh, There's a kind of doubt that looks for answers, and a kind of doubt that never stops looking for questions. Mm. Those are like the two kinds of doubt. So to try, well, that's Kevin DeYoung, Mm. and I really do like that. It's like because we all have doubts. But mm-hmm. oftentimes you'll see doubt elevated as a virtue as opposed to doubt as in like, well, I don't know, but I want to know as opposed mm-hmm. to I don't know. Yeah. And because I don't know, well, I'm just going to keep. And you encounter that too within these elevator conversations. You may have a pat answer. You may have a gut punch. But if it's the type of person that's constantly looking for questions, it's just going to, they're going to be saying, yeah, but what, what about this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think at this point this is this is this is good at least to where where I think I go with this or I will go with this, um, and I want you guys' opinion. But it comes down to that idea of asking questions. You know that they have all the questions for us, and and sometimes it is that we're on the defensive about it, right? And mm-hmm. you you start 
I'm, I've got to defend everything that they're going to object to, whether it's a believer or unbeliever, just this kind of sincere person. And they just, they just, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, because I've had plenty of believers do that as well. Sure. Right. I mean, the yeah, buts, they're just in a, they're just in a spot in their lives where it, it, there's always going to be those questions that keep on rising. And then they have to evaluate them all, pull them all together and try to figure it out at the end. But I, I, I do like, I do like, uh, you know, the idea of asking questions, kind of like Greg Kokel's tactics, you know, you're, you're, you're doing something different. You're not approaching it as if, all right, I got to figure out the good, quick answer mm-hmm. to every single one of these, but it's kind of turning your answers into questions back well, to them. The, what's called, I mean, formally the Socratic method. Yeah. Yeah. It's turning your, your answers that you have, the reasons why you do believe and saying, how can I turn this into a question for them that that I mean we're we're gonna get done with this elevator conversation and I want them to think about it, right? I mean obviously it's not gonna be boom, you're done, but mm-hmm. at least at least you can hand over something where you're you're satisfied and you say well, what, what I've the, given what them are those something. questions then. What do you think? Well I, uh, here, here's a few of them I jotted down uh earlier and uh no, don't look. Golly. Sorry. This is she's just trying to make this un plugged broadcast plugged up i am um some of these are i i don't think work but some of them do i think like the first one i would sometimes come up with in my mind at least uh and whenever i teach this class i, I may tell people if i have a long time with someone this is the first question i ask what's your historiography what in other words how do What's your you me- yeah, What's how do, your method for history? How do you determine whether an event of the past is mm-hmm. true or false? Right. You know, and, and get them to think about that, right? Mm-hmm. Because the first thing you got to do is is set the stage and be able to say, I have thought about that. I do have answers for that. But how do you? How do you? You're, you're, you're skeptical about it. And that sounds like you're trying to get at their presuppositions, but we'll carry on. No, no, this is not presuppositional <laughs> is it? <laughs> I didn't say that. Okay. I, I, okay. Right. But it's it's how do you determine whether an event of the past is true or false? Mm-hmm. And normally they'll say, "Gosh, you know, uh, I don't know. I get th- that's the first time I thought about this." You recorded. Know? It's recorded. Yeah. It's documented. Yeah. It's documented, and I rely upon the document. Uh, what makes the documents reliable? You know, yeah. you're pushing back on this very thing. Yes. This is good. Which which is good, I guess. In, in some way, if you're just, if you're going to, you know, you're going to work every day and you're in the elevator with them every day, you know, the next day, give them another question. Sure. Instead of them giving you questions, you're giving them questions. And uh, of, of course, you want to come back at the end and they may say. Well, it helps if you have an answer for those Exactly. Things. Well, you assume that you have, they're going to assume it too. Well, they like, you're almost begging them to ask you, I don't know. What do you yeah. say? Right. Yeah. But I do think, I do think it's, um. It is something people that that particular question most people haven't thought that much of. And as a matter of fact, what's funny is, a lot of people will, in the short term, at least their initial reaction, might be to be plagued by a sudden about of skepticism with regard to everything ever recorded in history. Did because George Washington exists. Some people will say something like, "Well, I just believe in what's you know, like there's evidence." Well, that's the doubt that leads to more questions. Though. Because they you they assume that everything in a history book is somehow um, empirically verifiable, like the, as if there would be digital recordings of it. Right. Say so, no, no. You everything you ever have read in history past, like past at least prior to the age of 
you know, uh, video. But even now, with video, even that you have to be skeptical yeah. about. But I'm saying everything, everything you read in school, all the history, all the literature, all of it, you took on the authority of somebody. Uh, if it's history, it was eyewitness account, and you presumed a faithful transmission of it and and decent translation of it if it was coming from something other than English sure. and you just presuppose all that for all of that stuff and and you probably walked away just thinking oh that's surely reliable right yeah. you do until and you get to part, the Bible and then you kind of then you part, lift the, the Bible's a magic book you raise and the standard up the, the, the words like, dance around so right. which, which you know uh, well, by the way it's, it's the idea of what it, what is it? Extraordinary claims, Wrong sure. Sure. extraordinary right. evidence. Extraordinary evidence. Right, which right. I don't know what what I think about that. I think to some degree it is yeah. more true. I mean, you, you you don't need much evidence uh, whenever it talks about you know George Washington or you know it's not right. it doesn't impact your life very much. But we're right. asking them to change that, everything. For example, How with George Washington. No extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. So well, we have extraordinary evidence. And yeah, yeah, I, I would go with that. I mean, because. Because from the standpoint, whoever's asking, I mean, normally if somebody says that, they've been reading the internet a lot, you know. Yeah, and right. They, they've got they've got some idea that the evidence is not any good. I say, well, you know, that's fine. I, I think our evidence is extraordinary. So right. let's. Well, I think I think I would say an extraordinary claim at least needs good, solid, reliable. I mean, to say extraordinary might imply something you couldn't surpassable. You yeah. couldn't measure up to. Yeah. Like in other words, so. The evidence has to equal the nature of the claim. Or like, let's so what say you're saying then is, if proof of a miracle, give me empirical right. proof of a miracle. Well, so well, then, 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 then this would happen. go into the next question. I think this is where it's leading is that I, I might say to them, but I don't think this is sufficient again for the elevator conversation. I do have a couple, and we talked about one of them last week that I think is that that might work better for just handing over something substantial and packaged. But I, I like this question whenever we're talking about it. How sure do you have to be? Right. Right? I mean... Certainty. Yeah. What is... What I mean, is, back to presuppositions, right? Well, that's... Or, or just general epistemology right. or how we know. Yeah. What, we what's know. your idea of... Yeah. What's your idea of this right now? What, what's what's the ladder I have to climb? I yeah. mean, and, how and what, do I have to get up Once there? again, this is funny. This Just like the last question for the, for, the, for the average person, when you ask them these kind of questions, I mean, you're, you're going deep. You're going into the philosophical woods with that one. I mean, you're, yeah. as far as they're concerned... You might, you might, at least initially, make them kind of give them a skeptical panic for because because and I've had this experience before where people will almost be surprised because when I ask these kind of questions like well how what are you what are you what I want one hundred percent certainty well what are you one hundred percent certain of anyway yeah and and then when they learn that I might say something to them like you know what I'm not one hundred percent certain we're sitting here I mean like in other words. Um, there's always some. I could be wrong. I could be in this. I could be hallucinating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what is? What is? How, do, how are you sure that the past events actually happened? You weren't, you know, put here with pre-programmed with all of it. Of yeah, and and you know, in the short run, they might say, "Man, you're a bigger skeptic than I am," <laughs> which be, is good. But they're surprised because which is good. But but I mean, I think it's still okay. Again, if if it's a longer term situation, you're not leaving them on that note forever. Yeah. <laughs> so that you run into them ten years later, and they're like, "I don't believe anything, man." <laughs> Thanks to you, you converted me to like complete skepticism. <laughs> hey, about all you did was ask a question. Yeah, so yeah, but you you know, because these are just stages along. The, in some ways, you're kind of in some ways you've got to shatter the uh, the stained glass of a lot of of a lot of 
um, indoctrination that the yeah. culture has imbibed. So I think in some ways you got to break a few things down to build them back yeah. up, which is sort of what you're doing. So I think it's a perfectly good question. Uh, well, how sure do you need to be? Yeah. Right, because maybe maybe they'll realize to not, to that something. they well, have presupposed what if I said something. To you, what if I was in the elevator and I said, "Well, I want to be a hundred percent certain because it's too important." Then what do you say? What? Now? I mean, exactly. The you mean if that, you're playing the other side? Well, yeah, I'm playing I would the other side. To the elevator. How certain were you uh, when you got on the elevator that it was going to work properly? How well, do you, you know? Well, how do you know? I mean, there's a good chance that, I mean, we don't, the point, and the point of that is we don't treat life. That's a very important thing to get on an elevator and ensure that it's working. Do you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Uh, were you 100% certain that it wasn't going to plummet down to the, no, you weren't. Yeah. You know? What, what, what have you, you know, done today you, that you were 100% certain about? Right. Yeah, what you, you should. Believe, and that's what, the thing. Tell me something you None believe that, that, that you are 100% certain yeah. about. To, to have warranted belief or justified belief. Yeah. Well, justified so you come, you come back with a question then. You, you shouldn't have left your how house. Sure you have to be, how sure you'd have to be? How sure you'd have to be? 100% sure. And then you say, well, tell me what things are you 100% sure of? And then anything they come back with, right? Outside of what, uh, maybe a triangle has three sides. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. A, something Thing, that but, is, but these are, these are of course, are definitional. Those are true. properly basic or axiomatic. Right. Yeah. Uh, so... That's another thing that I might say at some point, depending upon the situation. But I, I think I, I've got a couple of them that I think are, are more kind of gut punches. And they say, okay, well, just tell me kind of the big reasons why why you believe. I wish I had a lot more time because there's there's so many of them that add up. But uh, here's mine, and maybe maybe you guys have, have some others you could add to it. And we talked about this one last week, so we won't talk about it that much. But I would say, question again. Why would the disciples die for something they knew was a lie, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I do think that that has power. I really do. I think, I think for most people, like like, whenever I'm talking to my kids about it, you know, they'll, oh, did the disciples die for it? Yeah. And then the, the the best question they do come back with is is what Clint said last time about or uh, about well, don't other people die for their faith? You know, and that's that's where you came in, Carrie, and said corrected me or made it better why would they die for something they knew was a lie rather than just why would something somebody die for believed. a lie right 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 well what if we i was i was just thinking looking at it i saw this little chart one time and i think it helps people to kind of get the if you're really going to get down to the basics of it you say the christian belief is jesus died and jesus rose the little chart you could say okay so you could challenge the jesus died so that one says jesus didn't die there you have either islam uh which Swing. for would they they have the belief because of other authority and they, they they submit to another religious authority to that the tells them it didn't happen yeah um that came 600 years later right and then so and was influenced by and God. so in other words that doesn't have to do with any kind of evidence or circumstances that's just Look, they're just being told in their yeah. religious indoctrination that this is the real truth about it. Or you have what you mentioned, good old swoon theory. This is the more naturalistic approach, but it questions his death. It doesn't question. It doesn't necessarily question. People saw him how later could, on. How could he be resurrected? But from they the dead say, if yeah, he, never died? he got real close to death, and they didn't quite finish him off, and so he was able to be resuscitated. Now, all of these ignore. All of these will ignore. That is ignoring history. Essential things like. Uh, particularly, I mean, look. The Roman. Obviously, yeah. obviously, the Gospels don't allow for this because you have him fully restored. You don't have this 
this like walking dead half zombified broken down guy on his you know like well and then that also that particular thing comes shivering out of the cold ignorance to history i don't know if it's not necessarily a willful ignorance because that's kind of something that right that particular thing like understanding roman roman crucifixion and understanding how proficient they were at it that's not your everyday topic that people think about but if that's something that you can hit back with like these people knew what they were doing yeah they knew how and they were it was quick and dirty but they knew how to kill a person yeah but that's an elevator conversation about the death of jesus the breaking of the legs you know no need it is it is definitely it is definitely but you know i'm just laying the landscape out because that's whenever i start to doubt things if i if i was to get into my skeptical mind i wouldn't doubt the death of christ you know i mean it's really easy but some might that's not a miracle i know but see that's just one step that's if you're speaking it is i know i know what you're saying but but what i'm saying is that that is not that's not a miracle and so most people aren't saying oh you know right but no no it, that itself isn't a miracle but but it could it's in a it's an attempt to account for the claim of yeah, the miracle sure, sure. It, it, it serves the same purpose it gets it rids you of the scandal of resurrection well i want to want to introduce i want to want to introduce another doubt in their mind no 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 well, i'm as not long, as long as you give me that he died then i can show no, you no 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 I, I guess i'm just saying if if, we're, if you're laying out if you want to see this simply laid out you say well here's one half of the equation he didn't die yeah obviously what we've mostly been talking about assumes the death and then shifts to the other side that Maybe says okay go back to the one you said last week he did die let's say let's say okay as, as long we, let, let's go to this two step he did die right and, and you maybe as you said last time um uh even bart ehrman the biggest skeptic right. says this and he wrote a book about this and yeah most people don't deny that so it, uh, so your alternatives if he did not, die are and they have to do with the apostles typically uh, one of them is that they themselves are deceived somehow. Well, we could more than I mean. The Spong theory was they had a God gave them a spiritual experience, but it wasn't a physical resurrection. Yeah. that's only going to be held by I guess liberal Christians that who is, somehow yeah. don't. But um, most people are going to be more along the lines of either uh, they were deceived somehow. There was a trick pulled on them some way or another. They really thought this, and that's why they were willing to do this. Somehow they're fooled. Or they themselves are the deceivers, so it's sort of a conspiracy yeah, yeah. theory, which is which I think your 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 primary case here about the fact that they suffered and died deals a pretty serious blow to that idea. Yeah. But then there's another one we haven't mentioned that often comes around in the scholarly circles, which is the idea of myth making or how things become mythologized. So they'll say, well. Although I still think you have to, you still you still have to contend with the apostles anyway. But maybe we should specifically say, you know, people say, well, something can become a myth over a period of time. Um, kind of like Jesus became Christ. Yeah, you know, Our like archetype. people become, yeah, yeah. they become. They, it's sort of like even Confucius. Basically, he's just a political figure. But you know, it doesn't take. You know, yeah. A couple of generations down the road, he's a god. I think that was the History Channel that had that, uh, you know, story of Jesus from Jesus to Christ. Right. How he became, you know, Christ. Well, that's, our, our normal, you know, carpenter there's became your, the son of your, God. Some of your quests for the historical Jesus were basically, you know, isn't that the, isn't it, you know, the 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 Jesus of history versus the Christ, uh, you know, and of uh, or however you put it, uh, and that, that Schleiermacher stuff, and yeah, and so in other words, um, this that is sort of that myth making. And I've heard these debates go down too, and people like Craig and other people who do this a lot will often cite sources, and I don't know what they are offhand, 
that talk about the average amount of time these kind of things take. And then they say, well, look, within the lifetime of the man himself, for a myth to naturally emerge because of the fondness and the greatness of his teachings and the, <laughs> the, the, a certain time. esteem with which he is held, it's one thing for a few generations down the road to start to build a man up until he's deified, but for, for, for the, the immediate followers who watched him get put to death to just somehow naturally get into this this it's cycle myth of making. myth yeah. growing, yeah. no, uh, which that, ties it, into it degenerates knew, into deception. Which ties into if they knew it were a mere myth, right? Why would they suffer right. at great cost for that? It's a say. It's kind of tied into that. Well, I think uh, I think the apostles death. I think that the, the apostle <laughs> the apostles death <laughs> and, and specifying upon you know the the big three you know just in case they asked you do we do we know that they all died you know we say well we're we're sure about you know Peter right. Paul and James and the other ones you know we have various degrees but most people think they all died except for John John may have even died you know so you may go that direction and boom leave you with that the the next question that I would ask them uh, which which I think is a is a is a good one. Um, and I, I, I do say this a lot of times whenever I'm teaching this, I think it's something that most people haven't really thought about very much is it's, it's the, why would they make this up? And what I mean right. by is this particular story, because this particular story is so dumb, you <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, uh, honestly, yeah. no, if it's point. not true, it doesn't make any sense for, I mean, you got all kinds of stuff, you know, people make up and the reasons why they make it up and the reasons why, why it becomes popular. Why would they make up something so extraordinary? Yeah, why, why does it become... And, and scandalous, because this isn't part of Jewish traditional well, yeah, I mean, history. First I mean, is he who hangs on a tree. Why would they have yeah. the greatest Jew of all time I could I could see even well-versed first century, you know, Palestinian Jews who knew, even if they were scholarly and knew the, uh, you know, the scriptures, I could see them saying, he was a great prophet, maybe the greatest ever, and so you know um, he's a great he was a he was a great martyr and then you could really crusade on that point and still still carry his torch, or you could even say he <laughs> he transfigured and appeared to me later or as a anything like a besides vision, this and all of that would fly a little better you know what I mean like all all yeah. of that would be a little easier sell well I mean you couldn't make to, up to something in that world then, the world of the day that was more offensive to everybody you know I mean yeah. it was like. It was like uh, if it's not true to the Jews, yeah. you're right. Hey, it's not uh, to be the Greeks. Attractive. Like nobody, nobody just immediately ahead, takes to even this. Even though it doesn't say it, throw the Romans in there as well because it is pretty offensive. They think it's <laughs> whacked <laughs> because of the whole. Well, First well, Corinthians chapter one what? verse twenty three says, yeah. uh, "We preach Christ crucified to the Jews." A stumbling block and foolishness to the Gentiles, and I think that that's it. I mean, to the Jews, this it was a stumbling block yeah. about Jesus to have him die on a, on, a, on a cross. They weren't expecting that. Well, they no. were yeah. not expecting. Now they you may you may as a Christian look back and say, yeah, they should have because right. and maybe maybe there's there's part of them that that could have and should have you know adapted to that, but they they weren't expecting that. Well, they they didn't want that. And in the end, once it happens, Nobody it was offensive the to them. It was <laughs> offensive to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think of Jesus coming up and, and being who he was and, and the excitement that they had for the Messiah. And then all of a sudden he's dead. Why would you make that up? Okay, so you, that, that's the first step, right? right. Yeah. You want to make that up. But, but the second step, I think, is even more powerful because we're talking about to the rest of the world. Yeah. Now we go to the rest of the world and we say, we, we have this risen Savior. And this is where people don't get that, at least in that world, 
they didn't like the idea of bodily resurrection. Right. It would have been and for, repulsive well, think to about them. this. Let, let's not forget. We to didn't mention Greeks? this to the Greeks. Oh, yeah, of but course, we because. Well, well, we didn't. Certain philosophy, obviously. Yeah, which, in this sense, that I mean, the physical is evil. So why would you? It's want foolishness. If you're dualistic, the then it does, if you're dualistic, then yeah, it's 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 almost it's almost just uh, non-religious. It's almost like too worldly anyway to even say it. But let's not forget that among the Jews, some of the some a, a sect that was that had maybe the most power of all, controlled the temple and everything, was a group of people, the Sadducees, who expressly disagreed with the notion of resurrection which by the way is a further point because and this kind of gets to the your empty tomb part of your minimal facts kind of thing <laughs> the idea of empty tomb think about it if these guys peter and the others are preaching this to a, to the crowds get them all riled up growing in number and they're preaching resurrection over and over they're getting imprisoned for it how easy it would have been to stop this thing in its tracks mm. by producing a body. Yeah. Why didn't they just do the easiest thing to shut this thing down? The, the the notion that they couldn't do so is a pretty strong indicator that, you know, there's nobody and now now you're left to accounting for the an empty tomb and the only way to account for it by, you know, in other words by by alternate theory yeah. is is by is you know, somebody raided the thing. So you got to say the authorities stole it, the apostles stole it. Somebody stole it. Joseph of Arimathea stole it. Who yeah. stole this body? You're, you're stuck with one of these body snatcher yeah. theories, right? <laughs> Them. <laughs> yeah, so, stole the body. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, really, what I'm what I'm saying is that, that it creates a substantial PR problem for the yeah. first proclaimers, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it like, is a PR problem. It's like if you sit down with them, you know, you go back in time, and they did make it up. Let's just say they did. You would make you up something down, yeah, better. You would say, you'd say, why did you do that? More you palatable. I mean, tell, me, tell me what... <laughs> Guys, we want a movement that everyone will really join up. Yeah. I know. Let's, let's <laughs> exactly, say this. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it is, I mean, that's what makes the... They'd be in jail problem. going, you idiot! We need, a, we need a new Learjet. The first, first, yeah. first and then, and then after after yeah. Peter's first sermon, they find themselves in the clink. Yeah, exactly. Be going, yeah, great idea, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> which, which one of you said this was what we should go with? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, well, what are some more, though, that you have here, Michael, because... No, no, that's it. I, that's covered it. I mean, those, those, are, those are the only two okay. ones that I've come up with. And, All right. Uh, I'm sure that there's there's other ones, and um, but but I think uh, I think the big thing is to me it's just asking questions and getting them to think yeah. about these things. And I think those two are substantial enough to say, if I hand those over, it's probably something mm -hmm. you don't know. Probably something you haven't thought about, and it is something that would be easy for me to not only demonstrate um, because it's not a miracle that the Jews didn't believe, didn't want a Messiah, or a miracle that the Greeks didn't like resurrection, and so that, that's something easy to establish, you know. And so you establish those things, and now we've got that in place. Now you're gonna have to change the gospel message in order for it for it not to really work, you know, because the apostles died for it, and it just it's just a dumb message, you know. I mean, it really is, unless it's true. Yeah. But if it's true, then that's the only yeah. possibility we could see that it lasted from and, then until now. And I want to world. mention one more thing. You know, when we talked before about myth making, and we kind of, you know, we, we were saying 
This is too short a time for that. Let's not, though, forget the the other sense of the word myth. And al also, I think this is there's a con there's a concession you can make in a loose sense, uh, even to the goofy theory about oh, this was dying and rising gods is just one of those things. Type thing. And this is this is something we, we we can get compliments of our pals, you know, Tolkien and Lewis. Right. And that is that there is a sense of myth that is sort of like. The these universally precursors. embedded precursors notions. To Christ. And, and of course, their famous lines about this are, as you know well, that myth became fact. Uh, yeah. So that in other words, yes, there's something kind of universal and fundamental in the heart of people where they get they where we, we something resonates naturally about um, about atonement <laughs> about about death for sin like Which this is, is woven kind of into the argument it. that Justin Martyr made too wasn't yeah. It? yeah and and something resonates about trying to defeat death and come back from death so there it's not like there aren't like universal we're, we're elements hardwired for that and well i mean it's too like to to borrow from lewis again it's is it, you know um, the Tao, as he talked about, even yeah. that, it sort of parallels that, that you see this common thread in, in human civilization for thousands of years, you know, that recognition, and then you also see these, these myths and these, and in all these cultures, you see mythology and you see, and I think that that is, that could very well be a good argument for um, the, the reality of thing of, of these or the, that these things are true because it seems to be humans. Do you know what I mean? Now that's not yeah. the basis of it being true. Well, but you know, what, I think that's there, there's there's so much I don't want to I don't want the audience somehow. to think you know that there's not a whole lot more. We've already talked about this, and I'm trying to get you know some quick ones in. But you know, so much more you can talk about with the historicity, the idea of you know what makes a historical event true or false in your mind, and just breaking that down forever. Well, and, and we yeah. go on and on about that. But I, I think this is, this is at least good. It's a good starting point. Um, for people, it, and maybe this is your elevator conversation for somebody who's who's listened to this and doubting. Those are questions you got. You're going to have to answer, and I think uh, uh, they're they're substantial. I'll tell them to go to credocourses.org, and I'll give them a coupon code to <laughs> get the histor historical reliability of the New Testament. There you or, go. And, or and, or and the, the, the resurrection with Josh McDowell Haberman, so. or, or Sean McDowell wrote a book. It's it's the first really substantial book that's been written on the historicity of the death of the apostles that's out now i mean i mm -hmm. think it costs like 75 bucks or something wow. and it's short but well the, it's, he, it's, he I, heard, I heard him talking about that at a, at a thing once he this was his dissertation yeah like he this was like the work he did for a oh, doctorate I yeah think. and he converted that into he put more into it uh, into a book so yeah all right. Well, um, that's it. I guess that and, well, you're done. You know, he is risen. That's Sunday. Couple of days. Yeah. Uh, we'll be celebrating his resurrection. Is we that this do Sunday? It every day. It's <laughs> oh, we'll uh, be singing it. <laughs> anyway, we'll be doing that. So uh, let's just say that all, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying Theology Unplugged, let me tell you about some of the other resources we have available. Visit us online at credohouse.org and browse over 2,000 articles on everything from the Crusades to gay marriage. Sign up for email updates and get the latest news, event announcements, and special deals before anyone else. Connect with us on social media. Just search Credo House on Twitter and Facebook. And you can always email us at theologyunplugged at credohouse.org. We want you to be part of the Credo community. Please partner with us in making theology accessible. 
and pushing back the intellectual attack on Christianity. Thank you.